0: St. John Bosco was a man entirely moved by a true Christian charity toward others. He had a profound desire to educate and bring up those who had little or no possibilities to advance in their spiritual life. He wasn't just concerned with clothing and feeding these boys, but above all else, he wanted to make saints out of them. We'll hear about the symbolic start of his apostolate with Wayward Boys in this episode of The Miracles and Prophecies of St. John Bosco, a project of America Needs Fatima. I'm your host, Matthew Miller. Don Bosco was deeply affected by the pathetic scenes he saw, in turn, of so many youths on the path of dishonor and perdition. They didn't observe the divine law because they were unaware of it. They outraged their creator without even knowing him, and Don Bosco felt motivated to take prompt and solicitous care of them. His innocent heart was greatly embittered at the thought that most of those poor souls were miserably lost because they weren't instructed in the truths of the faith. Groaning with the prophet Isaiah, he exclaimed, Oh, these people are ignorant of the things of salvation. Hell has enlarged its bosom and opened its boundless chasms. There shall fall their champions, the people, the great, and the mighty. At that time, he was newly ordained, studying moral theology at a sort of finishing school for young priests called the Convito Ecclesiastic. He writes in his memoirs, As soon as I entered the Convito, I immediately found a host of youngsters who followed me through avenues and squares into the sacristy of the Church of the Institute, but I couldn't directly care for them for lack of room. Whenever he was among those young boys in the sacristy, he would immediately address them so affectionately and wisely that they always surrounded him. Sometimes he would go to small rooms adjoining the sacristy to teach them catechism, encourage them to behave, and frequent the sacraments with the proper dispositions. The constant influx of boys produced noise and disturbance which annoyed the sacristan who sometimes scolded and mistreated them. Don Bosco had thought long and hard about when or even how to begin his oratory for boys and was waiting for an opportunity to fulfill his design when an unexpected event opened the way. It occurred on December 8, 1841, the Solemn Feast of the Immaculate Conception of the Mother of God, which was especially fitting because any family needs a loving mother to be well ordered, educated, and protected. Our Lady selected that special feast day to signify that she was to be the most pious mother and powerful protectress of the oratory. It all started when Don Bosco was about to vest for Mass in the sacristy of St. Francis of Assisi. The saint was looking for a server, and noticed a boy standing in the sacristy, about 14 or 15 years old, looking around doubtfully. His bedraggled clothing and awkwardness made it clear that he was of a humble background, staring in awe at the sacred furnishings, twisting his ragged hat in his hands. The sacristan, Giuseppe Comotti, a rugged mountain man with bad manners, came to him abruptly saying, what are you doing standing there? Can't you see you're in people's way? Come along and serve that priest saying mass. On hearing such words, the young man was dumbfounded and trembled at the sacristan's fierce manner. He replied, stammering, I I can't, I don't know how. Come, replied the other, I want you to serve mass. But I really don't know how, said the young man, even more mortified. I've never done it. What now? You don't know how, you little beast? The sacristan cried, kicking him. Then why are you in the sacristy? Leave at once. The poor boy was paralyzed with astonishment, so the sacristan took a duster and hit the boy repeatedly on the back as he tried to flee. I think a duster in this context is probably a candle duster, which is one of those long rods used for lighting and snuffing out candles on the altar. It would make a lot more sense that the sacristan would be lighting candles just before mass rather than running around with a feather duster, but I I digress. Anyhow, the sacristan beat the boy with the duster, and Don Bosco shouted at him, "'What are you doing? Why are you beating that poor boy? What has he done to you?' But the sacristan was enraged, and he didn't listen. The young man, not knowing which door led into the church, had fled into the small choir, while the sacristan followed in hot pursuit. Finding no exit, he returned to the sacristy and hastily ran out into the square. The saint called the sacristan for the second time and asked him with a stern face, why have you beaten that young man? What wrong did he do you to deserve that? Well, why did he come into the sacristy if he didn't even know how to serve mass? Asked the red-faced sacristan. At any rate, replied Don Bosco, you have done wrong. What do you care? I do care very much. He's a close friend of mine. Who, him? Certainly. "'All those persecuted are my dearest friends. "'You've beaten someone who's known to the superiors. "'Go and call him immediately, for I need to speak to him, "'and don't return until you find him, "'or I'll tell the church rector about your conduct.' "'The sacristan's wrath was appeased somewhat by this warning. "'He laid down his duster and ran after the young man. "'He found him in an adjoining street, "'and assuring him of better treatment led him to Don Bosco.' The poor fellow approached, all trembling and in tears from the blows he had received. Have you heard Mass yet? Don Bosco asked him kindly. No, he replied. Why don't you come and attend? Afterward I have something to talk to you about, which I think you'll like. Don Bosco's desire was to mitigate the boy's affliction and not to leave him with the bad impression he got in the sacristy. But God's designs were much higher. He wanted to lay the foundation of a great edifice that day. This discussion was interrupted by the sacristan, who had just found a server for Don Bosco. After celebrating mass and making his thanksgiving, the saint sent for the young man and led him to a small recess of the church. He sat down with a cheerful face and assured the boy that he should no longer fear any beatings. Don Bosco asked, what's your name, my friend? My name is Bartolomeo Garelli. What city are you from? Asti. What's your profession? Stonemason. Is your father still living? No, my father died. What about your mother? My mother also died. How old are you? 16. Can you read and write? I don't know anything. Can you sing? The young man, wiping his eyes, stared Don Bosco in the face, almost amazed and replied no. Do you know how to whistle? The young man laughed at this, which is exactly what Don Bosco wanted. He was earning the boy's trust. He continued, tell me, have you received your first communion yet? Not yet. Have you ever confessed your sins? Yes, but when I was very small. Do you always say your morning and evening prayers? No, almost never. I forgot them. Do you have anyone who cares to even recite them for you? No? Tell me, do you always go to mass on Sunday?" Almost all the time, replied the young man after pausing for a while and grimacing. Do you take catechism classes? No, I I dare not. Why is that? Because younger classmates would know all the doctrine, and I, who am so much older, wouldn't know a word of it. I'm too ashamed. If I give you a separate catechism class, would you willingly come and listen? I I would, willingly, I would willingly come. Would you come willingly to this little room as well? Yes, yes, as long as I don't get a beating, Don Bosco promised, rest assured that no one will ever mistreat you again. On the contrary, from now on, you'll be my friend and deal with me and no one else. So when do you want us to begin our catechism? Whenever you want, tonight maybe? The young man thought for a moment and said, Would you even start now? Yes, even now, Don Bosco replied, and with great pleasure. The saint got down on his knees and before beginning catechism class, recited a Hail Mary so that Our Lady would give him the grace to save that soul. Oh, how that fervent Hail Mary and his righteous intention produced great things. Don Bosco stood up and crossed himself to begin, but his pupil didn't know how. Thus, at that first lesson, the master taught him how to make the sign of the cross and acquainted him with God the creator and the end for which he created and redeemed us. After about half an hour, Don Bosco dismissed the boy very kindly and assured him that he would be taught how to serve mass. Then the saint gave the young man a medal of the Blessed Virgin Mary and made him promise to return the following Sunday, adding, listen, I would like you to bring some friends rather than just coming alone. I'll even have gifts to give you and those who come. Are you pleased? Oh, very, very much, the boy joyfully replied, and he left after kissing Don Bosco's hand two or three times. This story is a lesson in what it really means to be kind to others. It's not the syrupy, romantic sentimentality we're taught today. It's a manly affection, properly oriented toward the good of others based on love of God, a charity that's authentic and entirely devoid of ulterior motives. That's exactly why St. John Bosco is a model for us today, and we should fervently ask him for the grace to imitate his virtues. Be sure to come back next Friday for our next story about a boy who suffered head trauma from falling out of a hayloft and is cured through the prayers of this great saint. If you'd like to hear about Don Bosco's first prophetic dream, which revealed that it was his duty to care for wayward boys, please click on the video above me here. Thank you all so much for watching, and Godspeed.